Hi there, and welcome to the Fantasy Fantasia podcast, a podcast where a bunch of theater nerds gather around and play various tabletop role-playing games, such as Dungeons & Dragons, Monster Hearts, Monster of the Week, Call of Cthulhu, and more. This podcast was brought to you by the Arts, Culture, and Heritage Fund of the City of Windsor, so big thanks to them. My name is Eric, and I will be your MC for tonight's episode of Undergrad. A Monster Hearts Tale. Previously on Undergrad, A Monster Hearts Tale. Our AV club found themselves at the end of 1991 and in charge of a Santa village hosted in Oakhaven. They put their own unique spin on the Santa village, that being biting shape-shifting animals, marijuana smoke bellowing from the chimneys, and a little bit of holiday magic. Literally. Throughout the night, Dr. Egan and Dr. Renner reconciled their professional relationship and agreed to work together on Dr. Egan's research. Iris and Kane were paid a visit by the newly back-to-work Vice President Silvertree, who not only agreed to help Iris get a spot in the new culinary class, but also promised to help Kane's film by securing a new filming location in the underground tunnels being constructed. Evelyn and Nick deepened their relationship to each other. And finally, Alexis revealed to Zack what he already knew, that it was in fact her who stole Silda Addersworn's family locket and gave it to the Pale Mare back in Halloween of 1990. The night ended with gifts being exchanged at Egan's house, which included magical Pez dispensers and sexy calendars. But most surprisingly of all the gifts, it was Zack's to Evelyn, as he managed to secure her a dorm makeover. Our chapter ended with the angered Specs ignoring Kane's orders and going back into the film building during the holiday break while the campus was being constructed. There, to Specs's terror, he found the Pale Mare, Arabella St. Vincent, and the other acolytes of the Founder surrounding their master in worship. Before Specs could escape, he was turned into a Philosopher's Stone by the Founder himself. Never to be seen again. Welcome back to Oakhurst College, as the dawn of 1992 arrives. Welcome back to Undergrad, a Monster Hearts tale. Chapter 43, New Year, New Me, Part 1. Our camera opens on a rather unsnowy campus. This January seems to be a bit more warm than it was last year. Uh, if there is snow, it's just small little patches clumped together on the grass, basically away from where most things are. And what we see is students coming in, walking around the campus, beginning their year. And Dean Don Dean is trying to get everyone's attention on his loudspeaker, welcoming everyone to another year at Oakhurst. Welcome, everyone. I am so glad to have you back for another semester of education. I just want to take the time to thank the St. Vincent Group for coming up with so much of their work in such a short period of time. He claps. Uh, no student is stopping. Everyone's just walking away. It's <laughs> a little bit still too cold for them. They're not having this. He's desperately trying to vamp the crowd up and goes, they have worked overtime to ensure that building has not only met deadlines, but exceeded them. As you can see all around, and the camera pans 360 across 
across the campus. And yeah, you see that, like, just about every building has been at least slightly aesthetically improved in some way just across the campus. And there is still a lot of construction to be done, but so much has already happened. This campus literally does seem to be transforming. Everything seems to be touched except the old clock tower and that main welcome building, the oldest parts of the campus. Nice. They seem to be the most untouched, kind of kept in their natural state. Hmm. And uh, the Dean says, and something else that we are so thrilled about. I had mentioned that because of a string of, well, unsafe things happening at this campus, we've decided to build an underground walking system to connect different parts of the campus together. And the St. Vincent group is happy to tell us that they are in fact connecting the campus all the way to Oak Haven itself underground. <laughs> this will revolutionize the way that students can travel from place to place in a safe manner and avoid having to buy expensive cars. So look forward to that next year, folks, because it's going to be ready by the time summer's done. And just one more thing. I want to welcome Vice President Silvertree to the stage. And Vice President Silvertree walks up, um, shakes the dean's hand, and more students stop for Silvertree. He seems to kind of command a little bit more presence. And he says, Hello, everyone. I just want to thank you all for coming to another semester at Oakhurst College. I have here a letter from the president of the university. He pulls out a letter with gold borders, opens it up, and reads... I just would like to welcome each and every one of you to another semester. The campus is changing and improving, but we are still dedicated to the same top quality education and the safety of our staff and students. Welcome back everyone to Oakhurst as the dawn of 1992 is upon us. And he tucks the letter back in and says, have a wonderful day, everyone. And if there's anything we can do, please do not hesitate to ask your dean. And as the campus is bustling again amongst the sounds of construction, our camera kind of pans down underground and we see a quick shot of this massive network of tunnels being built underneath the campus. Under the main building, they almost kind of come out like spider webs all out the campus. They're still very, very rudimentary still and under construction, but they're wide too, probably enough for two people to lie straight across, across these tunnels as the campus is, is burgeoning and according to the St. Vincent group, becoming ever safer. And on that, our camera is going to fade away. And welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of Undergrad and Monster Hearts Tale, brought to you by the Fantasy Fantasia Podcast. How is everyone doing this fine evening? <laughs> there we go. Love that energy. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing really major. We're just going to dive right in. But before we can dive right into another semester and 1992, I know. Damn. Four more years and I would have been born. Uh, yeah. Wow. Canonically, I'm alive now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was literally about to say, where where were you? I wasn't there. I was not yep, even. Nope. Nope. I was seven? S some oh of us were, God. though. Yes, I was finishing <laughs> my first year of university. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> Kim, were you at Oakhurst College? Yes, how did you know? Holy oh, shit. my gosh. <laughs> So before we begin, let's do a quick attendance. So let's see who is here tonight. Good evening, everybody. My name is Avery Malosh, and I play Kane Kaufman, and I am now the, uh-oh, what am I? I am the, the chosen skin. <laughs> chosen. I'm the chosen skin. <laughs> <laughs> 
we're off to a good start. <laughs> my name is Carla Jemmy, and I play the Fae Skin, and my character is Iris Greenwood. <laughs> Hello, I'm Stephanie, and I play Evelyn Reed Wilson, and she is the Witch Skin. And I'm Kim Babb, and I play the Vampire Skin, and my character's name is Dr. Elizabeth Egan. Oh, I missed that voice. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone, it's uh, Zephyr. Uh, I'm playing the Rip Rockin' Radical Roarin' Rocker, uh, Zach Wilder, playing the Queen Skin. <laughs> and of course, I am Eric, and I shall be thy MCs this evening. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thou's MCs, thy MCs, <laughs> thy MCs. I, I think it's thy. What's the thine? plural? Is it thy? No, I don't know. Is it thine NPC? Thine? I don't. You know what? I, I, I that's know. a question mm. for the philosophers. Yeah, if any, uh, if any uh, medieval Renaissance people want to sponsor us, please send us some pronunciation guides first. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's more important than muddy. Please, <laughs> please, <laughs> please help us. If that's the how you want to sponsor fair. us, please do it. <laughs> Okay, so I guess without further ado, uh, let's start, shall we? Yeah. Let's get back to school. Oh, All right. Our camera opens on Zach and Evelyn waiting outside the roots. Zach, you got Evelyn a Christmas present. Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, uh, I believe what you did is you, <laughs> you signed her up for the Extreme Door Makeover. Uh, but under a very specific pretense. What was that pretense again? Okay, um, Evelyn, you're you're gonna need to to wear this uh, this cast <laughs> and that cast. Why? And uh, this eye patch here. Wait, what are you doing? Oh, 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 okay, and uh, don't worry, it's wait. just toilet paper. Don't worry. <laughs> wait, how? <laughs> it's convincing. It's called acting. It's like how did you with enter this contest again? Who is this for? Okay, first of all. Um, you need to cough a little bit more. You're sick. That's your, that's your, uh, oh, shit. My what's, what's the word? God. That's really, Zach? Yeah. Are you exploiting <laughs> sick children? No, I'm exploiting the people who help sick children to help <laughs> you. I feel really dirty right now. Well, we can, we can shower you later, but come on, oh man. Oh my God. Listen, do you want to be the person who who was fraudulent in this and implicit <laughs> because now you know. And well, I don't want that to happen to you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I am not involved in this at all. Well, it's, it's your door, so I'm you not, are involved. Oh I'm not wearing these cross, nothing. Um, can, can you just like be the mediator or something and I leave? It's just you and me. You can, you can oh tell Kane all you want when he gets here. As soon as you say that, Evelyn, you hear two big honks and a big blue bus pulls up. And running out of the bus is this dude with frosted tips and these like reflective sunglasses. They look like sports sunglasses. And he's like, whoa, hey, are you Evelyn Reed Wilson? Oh my God. <laughs> As he's doing that, um, Zach is going to blow smoke in her face so she coughs. <laughs> <laughs> really, Zach? As with so many Zach things, I have to say, we don't endorse this, God damn it. So Evelyn, as you cough, the guy goes, oh, hey, keep it easy. I heard you have something like 13 ailments that you're working through right now. And you know what? You just take it easy and we'll take it from here, okay? And he smiles, really big smile at you. Evelyn uh, just <laughs> glares at Zach and she looks at him and she's like, I... I don't think they were... Oh, sorry, all this talking must have her so tired. 
Oh, geez, yeah. Medical Marvel, this one. Oh. He pats her patronizingly on the head. <laughs> She's oh, that die. is like the sweetest thing, man. You are like the coolest friend. Hi, my name is Leo. No, that's already a character's name. My name is <laughs> Swanson McCool. Swanson. <laughs> Swanson McCool, dude, nice to meet you finally. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, hey, uh, you should you should get in there like right away, cause. And he looks back to Evelyn, and he looks back to to Swanson, and goes, "I don't think there's much time between you and me." Oh my God, no, man, that that's totally cool. He shakes your hand, Zach. He goes to shake your hand, Evelyn. He goes, "I did hear though that your bones are like super fragile, so I probably shouldn't, right?" It's 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 not that severe but thank you for being considerate. Anything you need, that's what we're here to do. Now, I don't want to take up too much of your precious time, but we will say, Miss Reed Wilson, that we at Extreme Door Makeover believe that smiles and laughter are the best medicine of all. And that's why we are going to redo your dorm with the nicest things that we can find that really make it uniquely you. So why don't you come with me over here? And he kind of gets really excited and brings you over. And he beckons you over to this big blue bus with a big smile on his face. And he says to you, I just want you to take a look at what we have. And Zach, did you order any special thing for Evelyn that you specifically wanted to put your touch on in her room? Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> so like all of the bookcases um, all have engravings of just the hive. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, it's like, Beautiful bookcases, but like also there's like <laughs> demon faces melting into like uh, the, the neck of a guitar, and uh, there's a cat um, underneath uh, the mighty fist of Mecha Satan in one. Nice. <laughs> nah. Oh my god. I believe last time we also said that you got her a hand chair. Yeah. So there just is like an open palm hand chair with its fingers pointing up to make the back. And Evelyn, you also see your wraparound ladder that would be the centerpiece of your little library in the corner. And Mr. McCool says, hey, yeah, so we heard that you live in the boiler room. That's really awesome. I've lived in a boiler room until I was like 43. So, you know, I, I can totally relate. So, you know, that's where we are, boiler room buddies. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, we really are trying oh, to make wow. this really, really interesting for you. And he shows you the blueprints and Evelyn, what they've done with this, they have totally changed it around. You see that they have a brand new kitchen appliances, state-of-the-art bathrooms there. Your whole room, it's a very open concept boiler room area, but your room is kind of covered in those sliding doors from all sides. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you have some privacy there and things like that. Um, and it's just it's just so exciting. You see this beautiful library is kind of this, this whole area off to the corner for you. And all of these different, uh, you know, reading nooks. And you have your own little reading nook in the corner that's kind of enshrined within the library oh, itself. Wow, this is pretty impressive. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we're just super glad you love it, and Zach did tell me that you do entertain and guests, and for yourself and guests or whoever you want, we put in a little surprise in the corner, and you see Evelyn in the corner, there's a little area with, shall we say, some intimate items <laughs> for you. <laughs> Evelyn just goes beat red and looks at Zach, and she walks over and she's like, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm about to have a coughing fit and, and Zach needs to help me. We'll be right back. And she pulls Zach to the side. And she's like, I'm going to pray for you. Uh, thank you. She pulls Zach to the side. She's like, I am signing you and the hive up to perform 
at least five concerts for sick children in local hospitals around the area. So you are not getting away with this. (sighs) Fine. Sick children. Um, Fine. Sure. I I even have a couple songs just, just for them. And... I am telling Friedrich to make sure you guys actually do this. Fuck! <laughs> the moral compass of the group. His heart is so big, even though his body is so small. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. You've got a deal, okay? Don't, don't fuck this up, though. Fine, I won't, as long as you go through with your end of the bargain. Oh, I'll go through with my end of the bargain. I'll be it. checking in with Friedrich and making sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you return to Mr. McCool, you hear him talking to some of the people, some of the students and staff who have gathered around the bus inquiring what's happening. And you hear him telling some of the staff uh, of the various buildings around, and he goes, and then I heard that, like, the twelfth disease that she has, each of your appendages fills up with green pus until they explode one by one. It starts with your pinky and it ends with your nose. And they all go like, oh my god. And Evelyn, you show up and they all turn around and you see everyone going, oh my dear, how how are you feeling? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. It's just, it's, it's not, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be positive. Now, of course, Evelyn, they think that what you're talking about are the illnesses that you supposedly have, not the fact that you're trying to stay positive that Zach is pulling this bullshit. So when that happens, they just all clap their hands and go, she's okay. She's staying positive, everyone. And everyone around are just clapping and very happy for you. And Mr. McCool goes, okay, okay, everyone, settle down. All right, we got some serious work to do here. Now, Evelyn, you can go about your day and enjoy all the time with the friends in school that you can have, but you are forbidden to check out your dorm until tonight. And after tonight, you will have the coolest extreme dorm makeover! Let's go! And his whole team starts to grab furniture and rush down to your dorm, Evelyn. And he looks at you again and says, and remember, not until tonight. Smiles. Um, uh, thank you. Yeah, actually, I do have to get to class. Um, oh, um, I heard you have a cat. I actually, I have two cats now. <gasps> yeah. You you have two cats. Okay. Oh, right. I, yeah. What? Sorry. What was the other cat again? Uh, Fang. Oh yeah. The one that uh, Kane gave her for Christmas. Oh and yeah. I just got yeah. Fang. Fang. So he goes. Okay. So I heard that you had. Oh, cats. That's even better. Listen, I love kitties. Okay. When I before I did this and turned people's like scary dorms into their like night into their dream dorms you know what i used to do i used to raise cats i fucking love cats i have like 50 cats okay oh wow so (laughs) i did something special for you and zach didn't tell me to do it but i thought you would like it and he shows you a secondary schematic and you see that the entire ceiling has been built in with this like cat playground oh my god all all four corners of the room have these large pillars that the cats can run up and then all of those four pillars are connected with four pieces and two pieces that go diagonally across them and it's this little cat jungle gym. Oh, oh, wow, <laughs> that's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I think Whiskers and Fang are going to love that. Anyway, we'll see you tonight, okay? Okay, um, thank you. I need to get to class. <laughs> and Zach? Yep. She just shakes her head at him. And she's like, I'm talking to Friedrich after class. 
Okay, if if you can find him. <laughs> <laughs> so on that, you hear the bell strike nine, and uh, Zach and Evelyn both have 9.30 class. So Zach, you obviously have your music therapy class that's in the morning. Uh, they try to get in the morning so people can, like, you know, uh, when they wake up and they're still kind of tired, they, they can go back to bed. You're kind of capitalizing on that crowd. Um, and Evelyn, you have, a, you're, of course, women of New England class. Right. So are you both going to head to your respective classes? Yes. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> so as you two head to your respective classes, our camera fades away from you two. <laughs> Kane. Kane, we open up on set. Oh, this is your first day back on set. Uh, the, obviously, the filming has been delayed since the construction, but you got a letter from Vice President Silvertree this morning saying, Dear Kane, I just wanted to let you know, I spoke with the contractor who is in charge of the underground tunnels, and they assured me that they have set aside an area that you may use. We apologize if the sound is too much, but I recommend that you shoot as much as you can in silent, and then maybe put in some music and stuff from there. I have a little bit of experience with films in the dawn of sound, but don't let me tell you how old I am. <laughs> and there's actually like, ha ha ha, written in it. Oh my god, okay. This is... Uh, if there's anything that you need, please let me know. I will be swinging by the set today because I hear that you are a wonderful director and would like to use more of the Oakhurst funding to help fund this project and spread out its reach across the state. Yours. Truly. As a friend. <laughs> Vice President Silver. <laughs> oh Jesus. Uh, wow, okay. More funding? Um, okay, first first, let's check out this sound to see how bad it really is, because I don't want to give Specs more work than he needs, you know? I, I don't want to give him more power than I've already given him. <laughs> so when you head into the tunnels, Kane, um, you actually see that they've built, like, a, a new entrance. So off the main clock tower, there's this little kind of depression in the ground with these stairs that leads to this tunnel network. Wow. And you walk in, and the first little bit is is beautiful. It's like these smooth wall tunnels that uh, stretch for probably only 100 feet in, in a few directions. They're, they're pretty new. Um, the smell of concrete, freshly poured concrete, is in the air. And yeah, you can hear in several of the tunnels, there is quite a bit of ruckus that's kind of echoing through. Uh, but the one that's designated for you, you see there's a few signs that says film this way. Uh, they had kind of blocked off the area. There's some tape blocking off other people. And you see that what you got was this transition from the smooth rock into like fresh chiseled underground, but still a tunnel. So you get this kind of natural looking tunnel very wide for your purposes. And the sound is, it, it's its okay, but there's definitely other sound in the area. Very nice, as he's kind of just brushing his hand against the wall as he's going down. And uh, yeah, he's just gonna head down and see if his crew's there and where we're at. Yeah, so as you head there, you actually get bombarded. The first person to run up to you is Red Plainsbud. Oh, and he goes, Kane, um, my, some of the fingers in my suit ripped. Uh, my, my arms got a little bit longer this year. Uh, the doctor said it wouldn't happen, but it did. And this is a little bit, it's going to be a problem with the suit. 
Ready, ready, buddy. Don't worry. We got we got more funding coming in. Mr. Silvertree basically already said he's giving it to us, so we'll we'll just uh, give some money to costumes and they'll stitch you some longer. Jesus Christ! As he kind of looks down, <laughs> your knuckles get sore from scraping on the ground so much. Oh, honestly, yeah. Yeah, they do. You know what? That was actually probably pretty obvious. Looking at it, I should have I should have drawn it up. I'm, so, I'm yeah, sorry, Red. What gave it away? Is it the blisters? It's probably the blisters. Oh my god. You, you know what? Okay. Um, so go talk to costumes. Let them know I gave it the okay. We'll we'll get you some longer arms on your costume. Okay. Thanks, director. You're the best. And he runs away, and you hear uh, the clicks of high heels, and you hear Kane Kaufman. We need to talk about this final scene. My character doesn't have a single line. Isn't Specs directing the final scene there, Aurora? I mean, you you should really take it up with him, okay? He's the one leading that one. He's taking the reins. Well, that's the thing, Kane. You told him that he could direct, and you know what? No one has seen him all goddamn day. No one has seen him all break. He stormed off being some high and mighty righteous bitch. And you know what we found? Someone went to his dorm and they found a little letter. Um, okay, okay. Yeah. What does it say? I, I, I'm the last one to read it. Here, read it. And she hands it to you. And it says, to whom it may concern. I, Randall Specton, also known as Specs, <laughs> uncoincidentally. Oh my God, his name is Randall. King says out loud. Like, that's a, that's a huge... Anyway. <laughs> Did not know that. I, Randall Specton, also known as Specs, uncoincidentally, have decided that I can no longer be a part of Oakhurst College. There is someone who has proven to me time and time again that they are a better filmmaker than I could ever hope to be. Kane Kaufman has been nothing but an exemplary film director and is poised to make the biggest cinematic leaps in student film history, and I just cannot compete. I hereby resign from all of my duties. Randall Specs. So at first, Kane gets really excited, (laughs) and he's about to, like, scream out in joy at the fact that he does have to deal with Specs. So he kind of, like, throws the letter in the air, and he's about to go... And then the paper just kind of flutters down. He drops his arms to his side and he says, wait a minute, what the f- Specs would never say that. <laughs> Aurora, when was the last time you saw Specs? Uh, last time that we were all together. When you summoned the group and then he publicly humiliated himself, you stooped down to his childishness and gave him control of a scene, which honestly, ridiculous. You're the director, come on. Be the captain of the ship, goddammit. And now he's gone. So there you go, Kane. It's your problem now, and I expect a goddamn line. Aurora, okay, first of all, the whole crew knows that you're the captain of this ship. You just don't like to be called it because you're always calling the shots and you're always pushing people around. And honestly, I, I think that's that's actually what's making the movie kind of okay. So why don't you write your own lines? <laughs> work with Rudd on it, okay? He's in costumes right now. You two can work out what your lines are going to be, what his lines are going to be. And uh, also double check your uh, your marks because his arms got longer, so you might have to reconfigure where you're spaced out in the, in the set. Okay. We have to go over the goddamn court. Last time he said you said reach out just just before you touch her face. He poked me in the goddamn eye. What is he gonna do now? My God, the freakishly fucking long arms. We just should have liked it. And she's kind of whispering under her breath as she walks away and says, "Get out of my way!" To some of the PAs who shriek back in horror as they move back from her. 
So, Kane, what do you want to do? The set's kind of buzzing with different people prepping. Clearly, like, the lights are being hung by the gaffers. Sound's getting um, ready. You see that Silvertree has set out, like, real director chairs. Wow. And you have, like, your name on what says Kaufman, director. Kane's kind of torn three ways right now. Part of him wants to, like, start exploring these tunnels a little more. Part of him wants to actually do some directing work for once. But uh, another part of him also kind of wants to go to, like, Speck's room and see if he's there or something or try to get in contact because that's it's kind of a big red flag immediately, the fact that he said that. Um, but first day back, you know what? I think he'll, he'll just go in for his director duties and maybe after he's done, he'll go uh, see if he can tail down Specs and where he's at. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, very cool. De- definitely hold on to that uh, throughout the day. Um, cool. So as you're there, Kane, prepping, your DP runs up to you and he goes, Hey, uh, Mr. Kaufman, I just want to say, uh, I heard that we have some new new catering this semester that uh, VP Silvertree, you know, not that we don't love the French dips, but, uh, you know, when we did the deal, we weren't thinking that French dips were going to be a thing every day for a semester and a half. What's wrong with French dips, man? <laughs> I mean, no, no, to be fair, that's on us. We did say French dips, and you did say yes, and now we're in this. But we actually, um... I thought DP stood for dip professional, dude. Come on. <laughs> Yo, you're good. <laughs> Funny guy. But no, I, I heard that we got we got ourselves a, a genuine food truck coming in. Hey, and this that... is like a really new concept. This is like 1992, so they're not even going to be big for like... 10, 15 years from now. <laughs> Damn, these tunnels are huge to let in that, too. They, they just drive right into the set down here? Yeah, no, he, he says that there's a, there's apparently a, uh, you know, um, a, a, a loading dock for goods to get brought in from, from down here. And yeah, they're going to bring in this, this, this little food truck stand. And uh, apparently some of the students, the cooking class students, are going to be down here. So that's going to be pretty Ooh. awesome. Kane's eyes light up behind his circular sunglasses because he knows Iris is in the cooking class. So he's, he kind of is just like, oh, please, 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 please. So as he crosses his fingers and he kind of just walks away from the door. He's like, yeah, thanks, DP. And he kind of just uh, is like, please, 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 hoping Iris will be there. <laughs> All right, I'll just uh, set up the shot here. And uh, turns oh, yeah, that's to the what PAs and goes, yeah, yeah. God damn it, what are you doing? The PAs are like, oh, stop yelling at us. And the camera's going to fade away from you, Kane. And open up on Iris. Iris, you're beginning your first class of cooking. Yeah. <laughs> so, so far, what, what are the other ones? You've done sculpting, wine tasting, yep. cooking. And this is the third one. And then your independent study, obviously. Oh, right, right, right. Yes, yes. So you're going to, as you you met him before uh, last semester technically ended, Giuseppe mm-hmm. Jr., who is teaching the cooking class at Oakhurst. And so, Iris, you were told, uh, you were sent a letter with your submission letters for your various classes, and you were told that for this one you needed to bring a small set of uh, kitchen knives and a chef's hat. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> She definitely asked Jeeves for all of that, but she asked for a pink chef's hat. Oh, Jeeves definitely delivered. He said, Madam, I was two steps ahead of you. I took the liberty of embroidering it for you. Oh my gosh, Jeeves, it looks amazing. And did you get me the pink ladle I also asked for? I know they didn't specifically say to bring one, but I just feel like it's something that'll help me get into, um, into the mood of cooking. 
I called the manufacturer, madam, and I told them that if they did not have anything pink, if they could not put pink handles on everything, that I would simply not have it. <gasps> Jeeves, you are the best. I'm kind of nervous. You know that loaf of bread you gave me in the toaster? I burnt every piece. Perhaps do not tell Giuseppe Jr. that, madam. Apparently mm. he is very kind of heart, but takes his cooking, well, what? very seriously. Oh, oh good. Okay, great. Well, Do you know how to make Alfredo sauce, madam? Um, is that a kind of lettuce? <laughs> what? Um. <laughs> oh, that's arugula. Oh, oh no, jeez, I can't do this class. <laughs> Madam, I think that with your pink hat, and you see that he turns it towards you, and yeah, he embroidered your name Iris on it, and Iris has, like, different flowers kind of poking out of your name. Jeeves is the best. She is. And Jeeves hands you a roll-up bag, and when you open it up, you see it has all the different kitchen utilities, all the different cookingware utilities that you're going to need, and they all have pink handles on them, and they all have your initials engraved on them as well. (laughs) Okay, uh, and you also got me those Band-Aids, right? Because I'm really nervous to be working with knives. I figured I would just give you a whole first aid kit to be oh. sure, madam. Okay, good. <laughs> great. This is going to go great. Okay, I can take make... Take your time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't chop your fingers off. Just take mm-hmm. your time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, and forget about the burnt toast. <laughs> it's going to be fine. It's going to be great. Jeez. You'll be wonderful, madam. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I guess I'm off to learn how to cook things. <laughs> Have a good day, madam. I look forward to hearing about it later. And I hope I still have all my fingers. And then she turns and leaves. <laughs> so as you head to Giuseppe Jr.'s cooking class, uh, you recall that you were given instructions to go to where the tunnel entrance was and where the truck is, and that you'll know what he means when you find it. Great. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, you walk by Iris and you see that there's this food truck, and on it, it says Giuseppe Jr.'s Alfredo truck. And, like, the top of it has, like, a real... Well, it's not real, obviously, but it's a giant plastic plate with a massive uh, rolled-up noodle covered in Alfredo sauce with parsley on top. Wow. (laughs) On, like, a spring, so, like, as the wind hits it, it kind of wobbles a little bit. Oh, gosh. Iris stares at it for, like, three good minutes, just watching it, like, dance in the wind, and then finally shakes her head and moves forward. Um, Iris, you see that this class is, you know, when Silvertree said it was exclusive, he meant it. Uh, you look in, around and you see that there's only like a handful of students. You don't know many of them, but you just see, you see the swaying walk of Lauren L. As she <gasps> steps in front of the truck and goes, oh my God, you. Hi. Hi, Lauren. It's so good to see you again. Um, How did you get into this class? Oh, um... Vice President Silvertree actually uh, heard I was interested in learning how to cook and um, helped me get in, which is very nice of him. Um, I hope I do it justice. Do you know what it means to saute something? Oh, this is going to be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't even be in this class, but Daddy gave a bunch of money to a new building or something, so they just gave me the slot or whatever. Um, Have you cooked before? Um, I don't know, like three times. Like, I made popcorn. Oh, okay, good. Like I made tea. Enough, huh? <laughs> so we're good. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I feel I feel pretty ready. Mm, yes, I also feel really kind of semi-ready. Hmm. Oh, my God, Iris, hi. <gasps> and to your other side is Judy. Oh, my God, Judy, are you in this class? 
I am, yes. <gasps> I was on the wait list, but then I got a letter from Vice President Silvertree saying that he apparently knew that, that we were friends or something. Apparently, Babette told him, and <gasps> she put me in the class. Oh my god, Judy, you have made me feel so much more comfortable knowing that you're here. Um, I really don't know what I'm doing, and I really don't want to touch these knives, but I'm excited to learn how to cook because I really want to learn how to cook noodles. Uh, honestly, I'm really excited too because I've convinced Coffee uh, Josh to like expand the menu. I actually, you know, since I took your shift there, I I kind of went in and I told him that I was interested in cooking, and he said that he would love to expand to a more like dinner friendly menu. So he said oh. that if I took this class, I I could have the job. Oh, Judy, that's amazing! It would be nice to work with you on Mondays. Yeah, I'm, except I'm going to be there almost every day. Oh, well, yeah. maybe I'll pick up one more shift. Um, maybe on like a Thursday for like an hour so I can come and see you. Again, yeah, that'd be great. Often. Like a, an hour shift on Thursday. I'm sure Josh would love that. Yeah, I mean, I know from 12 to 1, it gets a little busier for the lunch rush. So, you know, maybe, maybe I'll make that work. I think I could commit to like five hours a week. <laughs> oh my god. That's a lot for her. Jeez. <laughs> that attention span, man. Oh my god. I'm so excited for this class because like I just tried to make a baked a baked Alaska when I was on my you know, when I was oh. back home and, and I I think I got the flambe like a little off, but mm. I feel pretty good about it and my sauteing skills have really improved. Oh How about you? Um I made the toaster work. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was great. And and I heard Josh only had to scrape out burnt toast like for like a day after. So it wasn't even that bad. Oh, he told you I did that on my break at work? Okay. Um, yeah, um, I tried to hide, you know, the burnt toast, but then I guess the smell just really lingered. Yeah, yeah, no, it didn't. And um some some of it broke off and it, it latched itself onto the bottom and it was what? spewing smoke for like a day after. Oh, um, oh my and gosh. Uh, all the bagels smelt like burnt bread mm. for a little while. Mm. But uh but Josh said it's fine. <laughs> Josh is um a very patient patient person. Um anyway, um so are we like working in this food truck? What exactly is happening? That is an excellent question, Iris Greenwood. <gasps> And out of the truck, the door bursts open and you see Giuseppe Jr. in his, uh, he, he's got his chef's hat. It's kind of bent off to the side, covered in uh, parsley and Alfredo sauce. And he's got his chef's apron on in front of him. It's, it's got, you know, those grease spots and looks like it's been worn by a man who makes a lot of food. You know what I mean? He is mm -hmm. not, it's not pristine. Yeah, I know it's, what you it's mean. It's lived in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the strong smell of Alfredo sauce hits you in the face, Iris. Oh, As he opens up his door and he goes, Welcome everyone, my name is Giuseppe Jr. And I run Giuseppe's Alfredo house. I've seen many of you there on dates and breakups and other oh. dates. Especially you. And he points to Lauren L. I've seen you on a lot of dates. You break up with a lot of people. Well, like, it's not my fault. Their bank account only has six figures. <laughs> like, be fucking better. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. So, so I'm just, I'm gonna be here to teach you how to embrace cooking. You see, cooking is, well, someone tell me what they think cooking is. And he points to you, Iris. What do you oh. think cooking is? Um, hi, I'm Iris. Um, Hello, Iris. I think I met you in the Santa Village. You were an elf. Yes, yes, I was. Me and, um, my pets. Anyway, um, c cooking is when you make stuff and then eat it, and you feel happy. 
Because you're full? <laughs> Iris, you're more right than you think, but mm. you're also wrong. I think it's oh. really close to you. You know, Iris, I want you to take a look at your two hands. Mm-hmm. You know what those two hands are? Um, hands? There's so much more, Iris. Your hands are a gateway, you see. A vehicle to create art. But it's not just any art, you see, Iris. Food is art that your stomach appreciates more than your eyeballs. So, wait, I've created art, so you're saying food is like clay, but you can eat it? That's exactly what I'm saying. Oh, that that makes sense. I've, I've created with the clay, I can create with food. Iris, I think you got the right idea. Whether it's veal with Alfredo sauce, or penne with Alfredo sauce, or bolognese with Alfredo sauce on top of the bolognese sauce. Oh. This is how we make art. You got it, Iris? Right. Capiche? Uh-huh. Um, is it okay if we just work with plants and not with meat? Well, I have been wanting to open a vegetarian option in Giuseppe's oh. Alfredo house. So maybe eggplant <gasps> Alfredo. I love eggplants. They're purple. <laughs> they are purple. Yes, they are. Well, I have a very special surprise for you all. Today, we are not just going to be learning. We are going to be doing... We have been selected by Vice President Silvertree to cater the underground filming project of the Revenge of the Creatures Bride film. Oh my god! My yes. boyfriend is the director! No way, I hear he's quite a promising director. He is, and he like mostly likes the job. Well, that's good to hear. Well, you know what, Iris, why don't you get in the truck? We're gonna take the truck down, we're gonna park ourselves in front, and what we're gonna do is I'm going to lay out a smorgasbord for. I'm talking every food under the sun. And uh, you know what, Iris, I'm gonna need you to hand pull and hand make some of the, my famous Giuseppe noodles. Oh, <laughs> I would love that. And she turns to Judy and goes, oh my gosh, Judy, I think this is gonna be the best class ever. Honestly, I am learning so... I mean, look at look at his apron. Look how Ooh. greasy it is. That's how you know you've really worked. Oh, maybe we should do that. And she uh, lowers to the ground, grabs some dirt, and rubs it on her apron. <laughs> Judy does the exact same thing, and Giuseppe looks and goes, that is the idea. There you go, ladies. You're becoming a first-rate chef. And, and Iris just turns to Judy and gives her a smile. Oh my god, I'm not gonna put dirt on myself like a dirty fucking peg. Come on, Lauren, it's fun. No, screw you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I think it's I think you'd still look really hot with dirt on you. Can I try and roll to make someone feel beautiful? Oh my god, dude. Oh, nice. Uh, yes. I've never used this before, but I forgot I had it. Okay, let's see. Um, that is a 10. So on a 10 up, you get to choose two. They carry one forward, they remove a condition. They mark experience, you carry one forward. Um, well, I don't know if Judy's or Lauren's gonna be rolling. Um, I guess I'll carry one forward and I don't know, does she have like a condition? Can she be like a bit more open to like, I don't know if right now she's like a bit reluctant to the process, but I just want her to open up and just, you know, have fun. Yeah, I'm gonna say, it's not like she has a condition, but she's definitely adverse to you. Mm -hmm. So we can say that we'll, we'll maybe give her a condition. The condition will be like, 
um, second thought. Like maybe she'll she'll give you a second thought. So I she feel looks like back and goes, yeah. Iris walks up and says, "Come on, Lauren, you're one of the most beautiful people I know, and I think you just need to be a bit more free with it, you know." Just uh, stop worrying so much. You got this. And she grabs some dirt and just like slowly um, puts it on just like, uh, I don't know, on the side of her apron and then just gives her a wink and turns away. She looks back and goes like, honestly, like that's kind of like cool. It's like tears in jeans. It's like imperfect, you know? Mm. It's like beauty is like an imperfection, like what they say on TV. And Iris turns back around and, and, and smiles at her and goes, Lauren, you got the right idea. Let's just roll with that today and hand out some food to some filmmakers and my sexy boyfriend. I want to chop up the parsley. You can totally do that. I'm sure. I don't know why I'm saying you can. I'm not the teacher of this class, but... All right, everyone. Into the Giuseppe Mobile. We'll go into a film shoot. <laughs> you all head down into the depths of the tunnels. Bum, bum, bum. Nice. Dr. Egan. Mm-hmm. Dr. Egan, we find yourself sitting in your office. Mm -hmm. You got a message from Jeremy saying that he wanted to meet you early today to discuss your findings and your research and really just everything you discussed on In the Winter Break. So you have a brief amount of time before he arrives. Is there anything you want to do? Uh, no, I think she's just going to... Um... Since he's going to be working with her, uh, she's going to allow him access, um, or they're they're going to work together in her little secret room because that's now her her laboratory. So she kind of just sets everything up and um, kind of looks over her own notes and just kind of prepares for the meeting. Okay, okay. So as you know, you're putting the final touches on your room. You hear a knock at your door, and you hear Jeremy's voice. Elizabeth, I'm here to, uh, for our meeting. Oh, just a moment. And she kind of, like, looks at herself in a little mirror she has and just kind of, you know, does little primping and everything like that. And then she um, uh, undoes the top button of her blouse and she goes <laughs> and she goes over and she opens the door. Yeah, and you see Jeremy there and his hair looks a bit more parted and gelled than it usually is. <laughs> Oh, hello, um, Dr. Renner. <laughs> Can I call you Jeremy? Uh, um, yes, I... Do you mind if I still call you Dr. Egan? It's in, I, I kind of want to, you know, uh, slowly work our way back to where we were. Of oh. course. Would you rather I call you Dr. Renner? No, you can call me whatever you'd like. Elizabeth, I mean, Dr. Egan. <laughs> Come on in. Uh, thank you. And you see that he, he, his body language is open, Egan, but he seems to be keeping like a more than two meter distance from you mm. at any given moment. He, he, he's just, you know, he's kind of be wary of how close he gets to you. Mm, so, um, where do you do your research? Well, um, because this is, uh, you know, super secret stuff, uh, I have a little room, um, You've actually been in it, but uh, I oh. think yeah, I think perhaps I should introduce you to the room and uh, show you what I have. Come, come in. And she um, she opens up her bookcase and opens up the the door to the secret room. Here you go. 
This is uh, an old janitor's closet. I've I've wow. arranged it so that there's um, a uh, a drain over there and some um, a, a little bit of a uh, the the gas over there so we can we can use the Bunsen burners and anything else we need. Doctor Egan, this is incredible. I know, mm-hmm. isn't it? So I'm 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 dying to to know. And yes. he kind of gestures at a chair if he can take a seat. Oh, please, yes, yes, have a seat. And he sits down and he pulls out his notepad and he says, I need you to tell me, what what exactly are you doing here? What 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 is all this? How how can I help you? Because I sense that you are I I, I know you, Dr. Egan, and and I sense that you're not where you want to be with this. Oh, you know me very well. Well, you know, I, I, um, I think our talk just kind of made me realize that, I don't know, it might be useful to have somebody. You see, a lot of these ingredients are, they're very volatile and they're very hard to manage. And I, I think a, a second pair of hands might be helpful around the lab. So I, I know that you, um, your your work with uh, with blood um, involves oh god do I, do I remember what what he uh, does with blood do we ever talk about that I don't think we've ever talked about what he does with blood okay mm. so <laughs> oh you you know what he works with autoimmune diseases oh oh I like that <laughs> found in the blood uh, okay so um, so she kind of leans back and she says so um, you know that I do work with the uh, oh I sort of do work it's it's kind of my um, my cover, I guess, um, with the uh, APO incompatibility. Um, What I've been doing secretly is, um, are you familiar with tardigrades? Yes. Yes. So they have a special protein that makes them highly resistant to extreme conditions. So I've been studying extremophiles for quite some time to see if I can extract this, this amino acid and these proteins that will help create this formula. And I think your work on autoimmune disorders might actually help because um, I, I need your help in, in understanding how to synthesize some of the, the these proteins. Elizabeth, I mean, I'm so sorry, Dr. Egan. He corrects himself again. It's all right. If you brought me on, it sounds to me, it's silly of me if I'm wrong, that you are trying to eradicate a disease? More or less, yes. Um, does does this have something to do with your... Um, he looks around and he... Even here he whispers, affliction. <laughs> affliction. You make it sound so... Mm, so dire. Um, well, uh, yes, perhaps. Um... Well, you know what? Let's take it step by step. Hmm? Let's just work. Let me show you what I'm, I've done so far. And she kind of shows him her data and uh, kind of talks a little bit about what she's done with some of the protein synthesis. Yeah, he looks over your notes and he says, well, Dr. Egan, I'm, I'm looking here and it's pretty clear that whatever sort of amino acids you're trying to build, they're they're not able to generate enough energy to do anything. It seems to me like mm. your gener- your energy input is severely low. Y- you have to come up with some sort of other, for lack of a better word, uh, power source. The- these well, need to be charged. 
actually, I do have something in mind. Um, <laughs> I know this might sound absolutely ridiculous, considering that we're, um, you know, scientists, but, um, you know, a long time ago, science was considered to be, well, the science of the time was actually what was called magic. And so, well, I'm actually trying to work in some, let's just say, unconventional uh, means of providing that power and that energy. Um, but let me handle that. I've, uh, I, 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 I've done my research on that side of things. I just need your your, your work on the uh, the mechanics, the, uh, the the chemistry of everything. Well, I, I can be honest, Dr. Egan, if you don't want to tell me the, the fineness of it, I, I understand, I'm sure you have patents pending on this, but just yes. looking at these amino acids, I if you're going to give them more power, mm -hmm. the structure, the chemical structure of these amino acids cannot... It, 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 what you're going to find yourself is in, in is a cycle. You're going to find yourself needing too much power than the amino acids degrading because the power that you're giving them is going to deteriorate them. And if you make them stronger, then you need more power. So you need to create. We need to synthesize some sort of membrane that will membrane. hold this energy but keep it intact and not de That's... degradate the cell. That's exactly what I was looking for. Oh, I knew it was a good idea to bring you in this. Oh, you are wonderful. And she goes in to kind of, um, like, she's sort of used to uh, being very familiar with him and kind of giving him a, a kiss. And what happens when she kind yeah, of... Yeah, he, take, he takes a step back and you see him extend his hand. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Um, no, here. no, I, I, I just... No, I, um... no, 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 I understand. Yeah, and she holds out her hand and does a very kind of firm but polite shake. <laughs> so when he, when he shakes your hand, he says, so what we're going to need to do, Elizabeth, this isn't just synthesizing a simple amino acid. This is, we have to create a, a cell, not, a, a, cell. not a, a, a plant cell. Or we have to create some sort of artificial animal cell that can, can hold this, that comes up with sufficient energy and can distribute the energy or else it's going to degradate anything else. This is... Mm. This is an incredible undertaking, but I I think this works incredibly well with one of my projects I've been working on with a new way to deliver medicine you, to people oh. to to come up with new cellular structures to bind with the human structure. I think I think oh, we could do this. We can. We can do this together. I love that. And you see for once like what that handshake, his eyes kind of are more drawn to you and his hand actually drops and he gets close and on that you hear a knock at your door. No. <laughs> I see we have company. Uh, hold that thought. And she goes over to the door. And you open the door and you see it's old Dusty. And you see that the light is behind old Dusty from the hallway is casting like a pretty large shadow behind him. And he oh. goes, hello, Dr. Egan. Hello, Dusty. I just wanted to check in with you and see how you were doing. That's very kind of you. I'm doing well, actually. Um, I just, I had a, a lovely break. It was a nice to get a bit of rest and... Um, you have um, a leak in your room. Do you mind if I oh. check? And he grabs his mop. Uh, and and uh, 
and she's like, oh, no, 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 that's, that's all right. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of assuming that I'm still kind of preventing because the bookcase is a little bit out, right? So it's... Uh, he, yeah, he, he, he can't really see it. You even see from the voice, you see Jeremy's shadow kind of shut the bookcase. Okay. <laughs> so it's 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 pretty cracked, and he just goes, "I understand, Doctor Egan, but it uh, I got a order directly from the university to come and clean up this leak." And he points. You see that there's just a little bit of a leak spot in the top of your ceiling, close oh. to the door. It's it's not anywhere close to your okay. uh, hidden entrance. And he okay. goes, "Do you mind if I enter?" And and she does a quick look, and she sees that the the bookcase is closed. Says, no, no, please come in. Um, so, so yes, um. Somebody reported this. That's correct. And as soon as you say um, come in, he takes a step. And you see that the shadow behind him <gasps> kind of disappears as if oh. it wasn't a light casting it. And he goes to kind of clean up this leak, but he just kind of mindlessly dabs at it, just completely blank to face. Oh. And you just hear him go, like, clean the spill. I gotta clean the spill. It's What are they gonna say if I don't clean the spill? Uh, uh, sorry, Dusty. What did you say? It, who who's they? And Doctor Egan, as soon as you say <gasps> that, you hear and the bookcase creaks open, and you see a shadowy figure standing next to Doctor Jeremy Renner. You see the face of your arch nemesis, Abertok. What the Ooh. fuck? <laughs> Abertok is staying next to Dr. Renner. Dr. Renner, kind of his eyes look a little bit glazed over, like he's hypnotized right now. He's he's not really aware of what's happening. And Abertok smiles in a quick whiff of smoke. He disappears away and appears right next to you and says, Thank you, Bommel, for inviting me in. <laughs> I believe it's time we have a little team meeting. Why don't you sit down? I will stand, thank you very much. I thought you were gone. <laughs> oh no, always around, Barmel. I assume you got my letter. I did. I chose to ignore it. <laughs> of course you did. Oh, Barmel, how I missed you. And he looks at Jeremy and says, hmm... It seems you brought a new lab assistant in this one. Much more qualified. The other one you had, him meaning Zack, was hopelessly incompetent for the situation. Wouldn't you agree? Hmm. And in his hand, he's reading all of Jeremy's notes, going, hmm. Give me those. Oh, I don't think I will, Barmel. I am the one funding this project, after all. I shall keep them, and they are most interesting. <laughs> I don't know why you're upset at me, Barmel. I come bearing gifts. And he opens his cloak, and you see he pulls out two massive blood bags. And on them, they have AB negative, mm. the famous rare blood type. <laughs> he takes two straws, he pokes two holes. <laughs> and he hands you one and he says, I think it's time we have a meeting of our minds. And on that, we're going to fade <laughs> away from you, Dr. Egan. Evelyn. Yes. You head into your Dr. Memora Women of New England class. And unlike your first history class, this one is, it's a bit smaller. You can tell that we're kind of getting into more specific focuses of history. So, you know, the crowds kind of start to, you know, go to what stuff they're more interested in. Right. 
Right. So uh, this class, you know, it, it's it's in a it's in a medium sized classroom. Um, is there a particular seat you're wanting to get more in the front, more in the back? I'd say she would sit near the front, probably like three or four rows behind the front. Okay. Okay. And, you know, as soon as you mention this class, just like your last history class, you spark the interest of Maddie. <laughs> so as you sit down, you just hear like, oh, thank God you're here. And she rushes in and throws her bags down. Woo! Sorry I was late. I had an extra shift at the library and Miss Parr was on a bander today. So that oh, was no. fun. That may check out a really good time. Oh, I bet. Um, how was your Christmas break? Oh, it was okay. You know, um, just being back at home and... Oh, um, how did that go? Ah, it was my parents' usual shit, you know them, but it didn't stop me from eating yummy foods and enjoying the holiday. Well, good for you, Maddie. It's nice to enjoy yourself on the holidays. So, Bestie, how was your break? What'd you do? Oh, um, you know, just hung around here, um, did some shifts at the library. By the way, are you, uh... Are you okay? I, I hear from the grapevine that you have like 75 incurable diseases. Oh my god. <laughs> no, no. 75. Look, that was quick. Maddie, just don't. A lot of people are talking about it. We saw there was a big bus and we heard that you're getting a dorm makeover because you only have a few years to live. Is no, that true? No, just. No, there's, there's a lot of rumors going around and I've talked to the person who's responsible for them and hopefully this will all stop soon. Still though, a new dorm. That's pretty cool. Hey, um, I I, I have something to ask you. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, well, and as soon as she goes to ask, you hear the class settle down as the professor's door opens, and Doctor Memora steps out. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to my class, Women of New England, 19th Century and Prior. I must say before we begin that the women of this area of the nation have done some exemplary things and are at the center of some of the most profound moments of early history. Could I please get some examples from anyone? And her eyes kind of look towards you, Evelyn, and her blue eyes kind of glint and smile in your direction. Um, the first thing that comes to mind would be the women of the Salem witch, witch trials and how they used the stigma against women to, to rile up the, the town of Salem. And Evelyn, her shining blue eyes kind of widen a bit and she smiles more and she says, Yes, Miss Reed Wilson, that is correct. The Salem Witch Trials were, of course, the crown jewel, if you could call it that, of the witch mania that plagued New England for many years. We will have a chapter dedicated to it. You see, if history shows anything, it is when strong, self-sufficient, learned, powerful women are changing their towns for the better, it is all too easy for a society to mark them as a witch and therefore dangerous. We have a very dark history here and we're not going to shy from it in this class. I want you to learn about these so-called witches and how there's still a stigma to this day when it comes to New England and this specific gender-driven stereotype. Warlocks don't get the same thing, do they? And everyone kind of chuckles in the group. I hope that you all had a wonderful break, by the way. Welcome. Yes, 1992. What a year. 
I hope that you're all enjoying this decade so far, because according to a magazine that I'd read last week, when the clocks and computers have to change to 2000, everything will end. So live it up now, folks. Live it up now. The whole group kind of laughs as she says facetiously. Wonderful. I would like you all to open up to page 360. And Evelyn, after having some strange teachers throughout your time here, you know, Mimi Mamora, that you already know, obviously, is not that. She knows her stuff and she loves teaching and she covers the entire timeline that you're going to study throughout the semester and just how much, mm-hmm. you know, how prevalent the idea of witches are throughout time. And, uh, you know, this lecture seems like two minutes long with how, how enrapturing it was. She, she really knows how to command this audience. She almost has this supernatural ability to speak to people really quietly, and it just draws the audience in. You can tell that the people are kind of leaning in as she's speaking. And the bell rings, and she goes, Ah, well, that's everything. Class dismissed. You may go, and please enjoy your days. Be safe. And like I said, enjoy the re- last... Enjoy your last eight years on Earth, everyone. Good day. <laughs> and you see that she's kind of lingering Evelyn around. And Maddie goes, so, uh, are we going to go somewhere or do you have anything to do? Um, uh, yeah, Maddie, why don't we chat? Um, could you just give me one sec? I have a question to ask Dr. Mamora, but then I would love to chat with you right after. Yeah, just I, don't exert yourself too much, because from what I hear, that's one of the things, right? You Maddie, have only about 10% of your lung capacity. No, Maddie, I told you, just don't believe any of the rumors you've been hearing, please. Okay, so none of the 75 are true. None. Okay. Hey, Bill! She yells at someone up at the top. Oh Apparently God. it's all wrong! Oh, shit, I gotta be- I'll go tell everyone! And, oh and the, the rumors now are recirculating that you're okay. Um, yeah, so now Evelyn's gonna go up to Dr. Mamora and say, um, hi, Dr. Mamora. Ah, uh, Ms. Reed Wilson, what can I do for you? I, I hope you had a wonderful holiday. Yes, it was satisfactory, thank you. Oh, good, um... I, I wanted to thank you again for loaning me that book, and I found it really intriguing, and I would love to meet with you during your office hours sometime to discuss it. Um, do you have a time that would work for you? Well, do you have some time now? Oh, um, I, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, uh, do you want me to, to discuss it here or go back to your office? Here is fine. Okay. What can I help you with, Ms. Reed Wilson? Um, well... It was a very interesting book, and I just want to know, where where did you get it from? It's an old book, I can tell you that. I found it in the restricted section in the library. Um, I don't know if you've been there, but it's quite the room that they have set up. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I work in the library, so I've, I've gotten the chance to be in there a couple times. Ah, wonderful. Well, it, I did find it in there. It's, uh, it's a first edition, I hear. And uh, Evelyn, how familiar are you with witches um i'm i'm fairly familiar i mean they've been a topic of interest to me for a while now wonderful well your first paper was very impressive but there's one thing that you forgot to mention in your paper that i think that it's something you should read up on i think you find very interesting what is it your knowledge on the concept of a coven seems to be very underdeveloped Ms. reed wilson Oh. Okay. Um you're I've always thought of it more as something that you know, they talk about in in movies a lot. I haven't encountered many covens in the historical research I've done. Many of the witches I've researched seem to to work alone, you know, more as more as healers and things like that. Yes. Well, you see the idea of a coven 
goes back to at least medieval times, though there is ample evidence that it dates back to well before that. And though there are many misconceptions about them, in my research I believe that they are simply havens for strong, intelligent, independent women, or those who are seeking to become independent, to join and learn from each other in a community of sharing of knowledge, of medicines and, and astronomy and histories and things that were denied to them in a male-dominated society. And it seems that wherever they went, wherever the covens went to help and spread their knowledge to others, they were persecuted. And they were said to commit horrible, heinous acts. And these, I don't believe, are true at all. Nothing in my research actually shows concrete evidence of this. They were simply trying to survive in a world that did not accept them. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. That's really intriguing. I believe, Miss Reed Wilson, that if you were around at the time, you would most likely have joined a coven. And she smiles, and Evelyn, you swear in that moment her bright blue eyes shine a little bit brighter, as if there's almost light emanating from them, just for a second. And they go back to their normal bright blue, their, their more natural bright blue. Mm. And she just smiles at you, Evelyn, just happy to share this information with another historian. Uh, this is very interesting. Thank you. I'm definitely going to do some more research on this, and uh, I, I would love to uh, meet up with you in a few weeks and, and chat about this some more. I, I think I'm going to find the concept of covens to be really interesting. I think you will as well, Ms. Reed Wilson, and I look forward to hearing your opinions on them. I do have somewhat of a large collection that uh, it will take me some time to compile, but it would be interesting to give you as much as I had. You seem to be very fascinated in the subject, and, well, to be frank, I've taken a liking to you, Ms. Reed Wilson. Oh, thank you. You show a lot of promise, and her eyes get a little bit more blue. Um, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. Um, history has al always interested me, and, um, yeah, this is what I want to do after I graduate, so I'm happy that you think that it's promising. Well, I must get going, Ms. Reed Wilson, but I look forward to teaching you for the rest of the semester, and, uh, Please, continue reading the book, and make sure that you look up as much reference to Covens as you can. I will, thank you. And as she stands up, you get that flash of blue again, Evelyn, in her eyes, and it goes away. But when she turns around, Evelyn, you see in your mind this quick vision that appears in your head. Okay. And the vision that you see are three figures kind of standing around each other with blue light emanating from all of them as if it's the shared circle. And all okay. around them is this crimson blood red energy that looks like it's surrounding a town in flames. So this idea that you get is these kind of three blue figures surrounded in this island of crimson red energy and fire of a burning old town. Yeah, Evelyn just kind of takes a couple deep breaths, and then she's going to turn around. And is Maddie still in the room? She's waiting at the door. Okay, she's going to go over to Maddie. Oh, hey, Maddie, thank you for waiting. Uh, what, what did you want to ask me? Well, okay, uh, here, let's let, let, let's walk and talk, because I want to see your new room. And as she's <laughs> walking, and you're walking over to, back to the room, she goes, okay, so listen, I, I... Uh, you were telling me that you got a lot more room and that your apartment looks a lot better, and I was wondering if maybe if I give you more money, if I could move in with you. Oh, oh shit. Oh, yes. wow. Um, 
Yeah, I'll pay sure. my way and I'll make sure everything's clean, I swear. <gasps> look, look, Maddie, you, you don't have to worry about that. Sure, you can move in with me. Um, it, It'll be nice to have a roommate. Um, You don't mind the two cats, do you? As long as you don't mind my pet snake. <gasps> um... Oh my god. Um, is it is it in an aquarium? <laughs> yeah, of course, silly. Oh, okay. I gave him his own house. It's an exact replica of my room, but in an aquarium. I can make a new replica oh. of our room together that my snake can live in. Oh, okay. Um, and the snake does not leave the aquarium, does it? Only when it uh, sits on my neck at night. I'm just kidding. No, I take it oh out to God. eat it. I take it out to feed it sometimes. It. it likes to wrap around my hand. It's very, <laughs> very yeah, right. It's it's very very cute. Y'all love him. His name is Randy. Randy. <laughs> Randy the rattlesnake, but he's been defanged, so he's not he's not poisonous oh, anymore. Okay, okay, Aww. that's good to know. Yes. Um, well, it's, sure. he was more born without fangs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was kind of left abandoned by his mom. But then I found him on the street and I saw he didn't have any fangs. He went to bite me (laughs) and his just little mouth touched me and I didn't die. Ever since then, me and Randy were best friends. Oh, Oh my God, that's adorable, Maddie. That's very sweet. Um, Sure. Yes. You and Randy are welcome to move into my dorm room with me. Oh, boy. She hugs you. This is the best (laughs) day ever. Thank you, Evelyn. Uh, No, no problem. I'm going to get all my stuff right now. Oh, uh, perfect. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll check out and see what my dorm room looks like. I haven't seen it since I started moving stuff in. This is so good. Thank you, Evelyn. You're my best friend. Well, you and Randy. Don't tell Randy I said that. Uh, Okay, I I won't. (laughs) Don't tell him, though, because he'll be really mad. He'll try to bite me again. It won't kill me, but it'll be weird. Maddie, Maddie, my lips are sealed. It's okay. I won't say anything. Okay, I'll be right back. Bye. Okay. So, Evelyn, what do you want to do? Um... I feel like after that conversation with Mimi Mimora, she's going to head to the library and she's going to start doing some research on coffins. Heck yeah. So as you head to the library, you can still see, you know, there's a lot of construction happening on campus, especially around the library. Uh, Still like on on the inside, there's a bunch of construction happening. They seem to be um, giving the library like a whole new wing. Um, they seem to be even like attaching uh, the library to a spot in the tunnels for students to walk in during okay. things like like the winter time and stuff like that. And Miss Parr is going like, I can't even sleep. I don't know how much but I have to drink, but they keep on <laughs> fucking hammering the nails. Evelyn, can you take this shift from me? Um, yeah, sure. No problem. Thank you. And then she just falls back to sleep. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so Evelyn's gonna... As she's working the shift, she's also kind of scanning the shelves and, and pulling books out about covens. Yeah, give me, give me a roll for this, Evelyn. Okay. Give me a showtime roll and add cold, please. Add cold? Yes. Okay. Okay, that's an eight. An eight. Okay. So I'll give you a partial success. So, um, yeah, it, the books that you found right away... None of them are really going into depths on covens as much as basically like they seem to be very like from like the accusatory mob. You know, there's a lot of tall tales that you find. Right. Okay. It's like they would gather around and worship Satan all day and night and they would dance naked in the elderberry trees. <laughs> and, and you just like ha- have all these kind of stories. But the one thing that you do find is um, it's, it's in like an old journal that you find kind of uh, written of the time. 
And one of the accounts says that they saw a coven of witches meeting, and in the nighttime, the blues of their eyes shone bright for all to see. Hmm. Interesting, yeah. Um, (laughs) Evelyn reads that, and she definitely um, starts to suspect that there be mo- maybe more to Dr. Memora than it appears, so she's very intrigued. And Evelyn, as you are steeped in coven research and awaiting the results of your extreme dorm makeover, our camera is going to fade away from you. Zachary. Hey. <laughs> Zach, you have entered your sleep for music therapy class. <laughs> And you enter, and just like last time, the, the kind of double-sided mirror of the, you know, faceless executives are there. And Johan turns and goes, oh, look what the old year 1991 dropped in. Hello, talentless <laughs> oh, Zachary. Dude, it is too early for your shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Uh, so uh, we're going to get this uh, this rocking and rolling uh, and grooving and moving uh, all set and ready to go, or are you just going to keep uh, monologuing over there for a bit? Because uh, everyone knows I'm not joining in uh, whatever you're saying, right? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> oh, yes, Zachary, that is so funny. And you're looking at Friedrich again, who's smiling and joining your side. Oh, thanks, Friedrich. Mm-hmm. Oh, you are like my second <laughs> um, biggest fan who is German. Aside from, <laughs> of course, uh, the man who has uh, a giant mural to me. Wow, uh, I, I, I was so surprised when I heard that happen, dude. Uh, I do not have a mural of you! And someone's like, actually, I saw through your window, Johan. Uh, Zach, it's really cool. Like, dude, you're riding a fucking three-headed dragon. Yeah, I mean, wow, you don't have a mural? That's so weird, because because I've got all these pictures. See, I even have a little scrapbook. I brought it in my backpack that I totally brought. Wow. Look at that. See, that's that's me. And that's, oh, that's that's a dragon that I'm riding. And Wow. Cool. That dragon's got your face on it and looks like it totally got slapped on the ass. Oh, <laughs> look, oh look at that. That's me and I'm riding a giant ostrich. I love hey, it. Yeah, fuck. Oh my God. Look at that majestic <laughs> fucking mountainside in the background. And the fucking lava geysers. Wow, dude. It's like, it's like you, whoever made this like knows me. Enough of this shit! And he literally grabs you, Zach, and he pushes you against the wall, and he says, you think that you are going to walk in here every time and embarrass me? You think that you're playing with my life, Zachary Wilder? Zach, like, totally unfazed by him, like, grabbing him. It's just like, dude, you embarrassed yourself when you opened your fucking mouth. (laughs) 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 Zach, as soon as you say that, the door that houses that double-sided mirror room that you can't see on the inside uh, opens. And the coordinator of this project, to call him a teacher, is kind of misleading. He's not really teaching the class, we're just facilitating the research. He comes out in a lab coat, and his name, you know him already, but his name is Dr. Morphus. And he walks over to you, Zach, and Johan. He leans over to Johan and says, uh, yeah, listen, uh, Johan, the executives and producers back in the room did see that, and they're going to have to mark you down for unprofessionalism in the workplace. <laughs> and Johan looks back, looks back to you and lets go. 
Hey, it's okay. We're just kidding. We uh, we rag on each other all the time. Isn't that right, Johan? And he's gonna like wedgie him by his uh, suspenders. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! He goes, yes, we are just kidding. Zachary is my friend, and he hugs you, Zach. But he's like squeezing your shoulders together as as he's hugging you. <laughs> Almost trying to break your clavicle. Oh, oh we're buddies! Isn't that great? Oh, wow, so great. Okay, well, I mean, <laughs> okay, enough of that. Oh, wow, who? You're handsy. Who? <clears throat> so, do- Dr. Morphus says, So, everyone, um, I have talked to the executives, and they are thrilled to hear both of your mixtapes, of course. Johan von Boss and your uh, Tranquility Sleep Time, and Zach Wilder and your Cutting Edge uh, Dream it, uh, I, I, I hate to call it an augmenter, but that seems to be what people are experiencing, augmented dreams with your music. Whoa. That's, that, I don't even know what that word means, but it sounds fucking crazy. That's, that, <laughs> a lot of the, the cards say that was crazy on them, so you summed it up. Fuck yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so, uh, so y- you want to hear my mixtape, or? They would all like to hear, yes, and he kind of dims the lights, and uh, there's been chairs set up for the class and everyone sits down and you and Johan are given two spotlights and each of you uh, on either of your sides are a cassette tape player built into the wall. Cool. All right, he's going to he's going to put his little tape in and uh, <laughs> get ready to hit play. Uh, but says, um, well, I mean, uh, Johan, do you want to go first? Oh, no, I'm uh, I'm fairly confident that it does not matter what order I go in. So, Zachary, feel free to embarrass yourself first. <laughs> OK, OK, sure, I guess. <laughs> uh, and he uh, he hits play. Uh, the first uh, first piece of uh, sound that comes out is uh, it's it's Zach speaking in a very sad voice saying, uh, so this um, this mixtape is is brought to you by a very dear friend of mine who's probably not going to be here by the time this thing is uh, <laughs> produced, but uh, if you're out there in, in the music world, this one's for you, Evelyn Reed Wilson. <laughs> uh, and uh, the first uh, song, it's actually going to be um, what Zach's been kind of doing uh, for for this is he's been stealing bits of Johan's um, like practices. <laughs> okay. Uh, just like you know, if anyone's recording he um, nearby when he's uh, practicing, he's he's listening in through them and using that exact musicality, but kind of underplaying it so that it sounds like discordant. Um, almost it, like almost. Um, I guess the the impetus is is that it's it's underplaying the classical elements of it to be almost comedic. I see. So you're you're almost kind of par- parodying his music in a way. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's like you'll hear these these really positive vibey sounds, uh, and then like a couple of like little relaxing metal riffs, if such a thing is possible. And then like afterwards, um, the listener's gonna hear classical music, and it's it's gonna be a little bit annoying. Hmm. You know, he's gonna play with that like that duality of of good music. And and noise, but the good music is the noise. Hell yeah! I want you to roll a manipulated NPC and add plus one because you're stealing some of that music. So okay. yeah, give me a manipulated NPC as you're manipulating the executives right now. Uh, plus plus one on top of the everything. Yes. Okay, so that's a that's eleven. 
Oh, oh shit. Okay, so on a 10 up, they'll do what you want if you give them a bribe, a threat, or a motive. So, Zach, you play this, and the lights of the sleep room have been kind of coordinated with that music. So there's almost this light show going on as everyone is listening, kind of reclined in their chairs, like an old laser theater, basically, listening Sweet. to your music. And you see that people are kind of drifting off, and they're like, Zach, you rolled so well. You managed to, like, you know, Zach, you, you've been uh, really blooming these siren power songs, right? Where you can kind of reach people through music psychically. Yeah. I'm going to say, you know, that is, whether you, you've done it purposely or not, it's ingrained in your music. Like, your music has this ability to hit people on the subconscious level and influence what they do. So, like, Zach, you rolled so high that you nailed so much of that vibe that people are, like, falling asleep within, like, 30 40 seconds of you playing the music and you see that they're having like very vivid dreams like their eyelids are moving their hands and stuff are like moving to the beats and shit like that like people are having really fucking intense dreams right now as they get taken away by your music and as the mixtape comes to a close is there any kind of other parts of the song that you want to highlight before i continue um there's uh, uh I, I don't know how to describe it um, there's a couple of different um, sort of um, songs in there. It's it's almost like they sort of overlap into each other, almost like there's always um, two or even three competing um, soundscapes uh, that all sort of like blend into things. So, so like you'll hear um, like a um, like a drum line that's that's almost um, hearkening to like somebody walking up a mountain. And then, Whoa. like a fucking, like almost like an eagle, <laughs> like the guitar is, is making fuck. screeches, like it's on top of there. <laughs> and it's just like by the by the end of of everything, it's just like you feel like you've you've been to the universe and back. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Zach. As your mixtape winds down, people's eyes start fluttering open, like after about 30, 40 seconds of the last note. Like you sit in silence for a while and people start to wake up and they open their eyes and Dr. Morphus looks and says I had a dream that I climbed from a deep canyon all the way up the highest mountain on earth passing lava, wind and ice until I reached the top and the aurora borealis danced around me and the constellations swirled on my head like a crown and I touched a quasar in space at the top of the mountain. Wow. I mean, that's that's the most beautiful thing anyone said to describe my music before, man. Thank you. Wow. Um, uh, Johan, uh, you're up next, right? <laughs> how, how you feeling now, buddy? You see Johan actually wake up. Johan fell asleep. Oh, shit. <laughs> Johan, like, wakes up. He's like, ah, yes. Yes, it's it's my it's my turn. Okay, I um, uh, he's like flustered. Like you, 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 you got him to sleep, and who knows what the fuck he saw? But he's <laughs> he's flustered right now, and he goes very very, very well, very well. I um, I yep, uh, yeah. Uh, um, you gotta you gotta put the the tape in before you hit the play button, buddy. Friedrich, put this tape in. <laughs> I do not actually listen to you anymore, Johan. <laughs> yeah, oh great. man, you're gonna have to walk across the room yourself. Ah, oh, dude. <laughs> 
very well. And he struts across it, and, and he, he puts it in, and he says, I hope that you will all be taken away into sleepy, sleepy land with my incredible uh, m- music. Yes. Uh, begin! And he lets press play, and yeah, it's, um, it's fine. <laughs> but it's the same old shit you've been hearing since the first day you met him, Zach. It's the same old shit we've all been hearing for 400 fucking years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like his take of, of like this classical music. And, and you see that the group lays down and only about two or three people fall asleep, but they're kind of tossing and turning, trying to get comfortable. And his mixtape ends and like, it's fine. Like, again, it's it's strong classical music. But after the vivid dream, uh, you know, funnily enough, him putting you first was probably a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it dawns on him as it's happening, and he's horrified that he let you go first, because everyone seems to be comparing it to yours. And when it winds <laughs> down, Professor uh, Doctor Morphus stands up and goes, "Well, I um I did not touch a quasar in that music. I'm going to be honest. I did not even climb a canyon." <laughs> Johan literally pulls out his mixtape and crushes it in his hand out of oh. anger. And you see like the tape like wrap around his fist, and a light, a red light next to the investor's mirror flashes three times. And uh, Doctor Morphus stands up and says, "Well, if you excuse me, I." Uh, I think that I uh, better go and get some of their advice. And he walks in, and he's in the deliberation room for a few minutes, and Johan leans over to you and says, No matter what happens here, Zachary Wilder, I will promise you one thing. Before we graduate from this college, I will kill you. Oh, holy shit. Okay, buddy, that's, that's wonderful. Okay, listen, first of all, if you're going to kill me, wear anything else, okay? <laughs> like, that's, that's my last request, all right? I don't want to be killed by a guy in lederhosen. Secondly, is that a threat, buddy? Oh, yes. Yes, it is. And it will be the happiest day of my... And Zach, though he's angry, you have the psychic connection to Johan. You pick up that he had a dream when you were playing your music. Do you, do you have a good dream, buddy? Roll uh, Gaze into the Abyss for me. Okay. Negative one. Uh, six and one. Um, you know what? I'm going to use my last Evelyn uh, gift from... <laughs> the last reroll. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, that's, a, that's a seven. A seven. Okay. So on a seven to nine, you get to choose. The visions are confusing and alarming, or the visions are lucid and detailed, but you gain the condition drained. Um, I'm going to say alarming and, and spooky. Yeah, absolutely. And Zach, you already had this connection to Johan anyway. You were already in his head. And you've been refining your powers of pseudo-telepathy so much that you know that when he dozed off, you get an image of his dream. And he's running through these fields of Edelweiss flowers. And there's this massive Matterhorn mountain behind him. And he's dancing and frolicking in his lederhosen with a giant plate of schnitzel off to the side, (laughs) holding a beer sign, just like, yay, I'm free! (laughs) What the? Oh my god, dude. You're like a walking stereotype. Damn, I almost feel bad for you. Nothing. Um, so would that be something that's uh, that's described as intimate? I would say so. <laughs> Sweet. Oh. So I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and record a, a, a string on him. Hell yeah, nice. dude. <laughs> so, and uh, I'll use that schnitzel a little later. So <laughs> as that happens, the door opens and Dr. Morphus steps out and he says, Zachary Wilder, please. Yep. Come forward. Okay, cool. Uh, um, 
<laughs> Excuse me uh, a minute there, uh, buddy. I'm just gonna have to have you move, and he's gonna sh shimmy him off by the shoulder and walk on in all, all confident and stridey like he oh, does. You just feel like Johan's tension is like up in his fucking shoulders. He's so mad right now. <laughs> oh, dude, I owe you one shoulder massage because, dude, oh, nobody deserves that much tension. Class, I just want to congratulate Mr. Wilder as he has been selected and his music to be the center of our culminating project until the end of the year. We are going to make a dream-inducing uh, test sound unlike any other that has been created. And Zach, you have been selected to be our official maestro. Yeah! Oh, <laughs> Does it have to be called the maestro, though? Well, do you have a do you have a different name? Yeah, I want to be like, I want to be called the architect of all that is unholy for all the ears in all the world. Yeah, okay. No, no, you know what? Fuck it, Maestro's fine. <laughs> I heard it out loud. It was better in my head. You know? Yeah, Maestro. Maestro. Zach Zachary, I thought it sounded very good. Oh, thanks, dude. But you know what? I'm gonna back away from that. Like. I'm distancing myself. I've moved on as a person. Maestro, Maestro Wilder. Ooh, nice ring to it. And Dr. Morphus says, join me in welcoming Maestro Wilder. Oh. And everyone begins to clap, except of course, Johan, who takes the tape from his demo reel and lights it on fire in front of you, kind of behind everybody else in pure anger. Wow. Oh, buddy, that, that could have, ah, uh, oh man. Well, you know, they always say classical music is better live, right? Maybe next time, right? Get out of my way! And he shoves you out of the way, and he walks out of the room and pouts. No massage for that guy, I'm, I'll tell you that. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I guess we will all reconvene next week, and uh, please, have, have a great week, everyone. Oh, please, everyone, I, it's about time I show our, our illustrious executives. Please, these are all the angel investors who have decided that this project was worth some time and money. And he turns the lights on in the double-sided mirror. And you see a bunch of people that you have never met before, Zach. Just a bunch of faces looking out at you. You might recognize one or two from the Carpe Diem Brigade. Not, not anyone worth mentioning, though. But sitting in the back corner are your mother and your stepfather. <gasps> so, oh my yeah, God. Zach's got, like, his, his usual shit-eating grin. And then as soon as he sees that, his face for the first time just, like, like cracks for a second and then, like, goes right back to that smile. Um, but there is, like, a lingering moment where he just stares, um, very surprised at his, uh, his stepfather for being there. Mm. Yeah, he's got his arms crossed. Your mom is just beaming to see you, though. And the executives walk out, and each one of them in turn shakes your hand and congratulates you for being the maestro. And your mom gets there. And your mom finally gives you a big hug and says, Oh, Zach, we are so proud of you, aren't we? And your stepfather goes, Yeah, that was okay. I voted for the other guy, but that was okay. Yeah, I mean, I know the other guy's more more your style. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, Todd, well, hey, Mom, how have you been? It's uh, What a surprise, eh? Todd, look at him. Look how big he's got. He looks about the same size to me. No, look, he's... Oh, my son, your baby cheeks are going away. Oh, oh no, please. And she's just kissing each of your cheeks. Oh, look at him. 
Maybe if I kiss him to baby cheeks, he'll come back there. I am so glad that Johan left before seeing this. Uh, <laughs> Excuse um, me, Zachary, are these your parents? Uh, um, this is, this is my mom. Uh, oh, hello there. <laughs> mom, this is, uh, this is my buddy Friedrich. He, uh, he helps me with the music. Oh, hello, Friedrich. I am Zach's mom. How are you doing? Hello, Mrs. Wilder. <clears throat> Todd kind of clears his throat. Yeah, uh, this 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 dude's Todd. Um, he he uh, he's um, uh, yeah, he's he's here. Uh, surprisingly, uh, which which is a, a great surprise to have. Yep, that's that's me. Super super happy that that you could be here for at least one of my uh, my performances. Thanks, dude. Yeah, well, your mother insisted, and uh, well, if I say no, then she doesn't let me forget about it for weeks, and yeah. then talks about you incessantly. So the only way I can get her to stop talking about you is just to give in. But hello, I mean, Frederick. Divorce, divorce is always on the table. Just saying, but uh, oh, not wow. that I want that to happen. But jeez. Uh, <laughs> Thank, thanks. That's not happening anytime soon, is it? Oh, Zachary, you're such a funny boy. Isn't he funny, Todd? Hilarious. Zach, here, we had something to give you. You gotta come with us. We have a collection of your father's old records that taking space in the attic, and well, I need to make room for my entertainment center, so they're getting out, and your mother insisted we drop them off here. We have to come here for the investors' meeting anyway. Well, we didn't have to. She insisted again, so here we are. I gotta find somewhere to spend my money, you know, he says to Friedrich. Sometimes you just gotta do it for the tax write-off. Oh, yes, tax write-off. Mm-hmm. I totally understand what you mean. Wait, you have some of some of dad's records oh yes we found a bunch of your father's old records he's got a bunch of classics he's got vinyls going back to the 1910 can you believe it 1910 yeah he had quite the collection holy shit yeah I, I, of course i'll give them a home holy wow i mean sorry mom didn't mean to, to swear there uh just uh you know that's that's how we talk in in college place <laughs> here where no, we are well it, it did say in uh listen zach i'm i'm really sorry to say this but your father's will did technically say that uh the record should go to you but i i could never find them they must have gotten hit in the attic and now that we found them well it's the least i can do honey ah must have gotten lost in the attic eh what what a what a weird coincidence and he's just gonna kind of stare at uh todd Hmm. Um, so, uh, anyway, are, are you going to be, uh, in town for, for a really long time or? Oh, no, we're all? just staying today. We, we got to go, but here, come with us. Cause I, I got to give you some, some records, Zachy boy. Friedrich, I hope you don't mind, but I got to spend some time with my son. Oh no, I think that son and mother time is very important. Johan said I couldn't hang out with my family anymore cause it was distracting me from my music. Oh my God, oh, dude. Jesus. Oh my God. That's okay, though, no, because I have friends. And he hugs you, Zach, again. Oh, buddy, Jesus. Okay, well, goodbye, Zachary. Goodbye, Zachary's parents. And he kind of jumps in the air and runs off. Oh, what a nice boy. Yeah, he's he's pretty great. Let's get the fuck out of here. I'm hungry. Okay, calm down, you, you big angry bear. Oh, he's just grumpy because of the drive. Okay, come with me, Zach. And Zach, they lead oh. you to their car. And yeah, Zach, sure enough, in the back, very unceremoniously tossed in. You can tell Todd, Todd packed these. You see that there is a three bins, three of those milk crates filled with old records. Um, Zach's gonna, um, he's gonna come across these records and uh, just 
look through them slowly, trying to piece together what kind of a man his his father used to be. Um, he might see like something signed by B. Wilder, um, and just um, in in a, a rare moment of, of sobriety, really, um, just uh, take the box uh, boxes in his hand and uh, and just have them. <laughs> Yeah, Zach, and even just like upon your first inspection, you see like a few classic BB King records. You see all like a collection of all the Beatles records. A few of them are even signed by various Beatles. Um, you see most of them are Ringo. It's okay, nobody's perfect. Uh, you know, and, and, <laughs> um, and Zach, I want you to roll plus dark for me. Plus dark. Uh, five and one minus one is five. Okay, that's all you find right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you head back and your mom says, Oh, Zach, I really want to see your dorm again before I go. Can I see it? Uh, yeah, mom. Uh, you can absolutely see it. Uh, oh, um, let's, let's take the long way. It's, uh, it's more scenic if you take this way. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, and he's gonna really quick put his, put his hands to his, uh, temple and just try to get, um, get the attention of, um, Alexis and uh, try to send her a message. Okay, yeah, so uh, roll for uh, streaming. Streaming. Uh, that's a, it's a nine. A nine, okay. Hmm. Could you uh, read off that move for me, Zach? Um, I can uh, hear, nah, I can hear them. I can't, can't communicate that way. Damn it. Okay, never mind. I, I just see where, where, um, where Alexis is. Okay. Yeah, so you uh, kind of clue in, and you see that she's actually at percussion class. Okay. Okay, maybe later. Uh, yeah, um, it's uh, just around here. If you want to uh, look at these, uh, wow, beautiful hedge uh, trims. I'll, uh, I'll trim these hedges um, by, by the, the gardening class, I think. Uh, yeah, just just walk through here. I'll, I'll, uh, I'm just going to put these boxes away real quick and... Uh, uh, you know, clean up a couple things. I, I still have my homework out, and that's kind of embarrassing that my desk is, uh, you know, still kind of messy. Oh, our Zach, he's always so responsible. Yeah, I bet that's exactly what he's hiding, says your stepdad. And Zach, you, you get a few minutes to kind of, I assume you're, you're hiding all your accoutrement. Yeah, he's he's like, um, it's going to be like a smash cut. He's in his room, and there's like four weed plants that are just kind of like growing like excessively. Um, a bunch of like psychedelic looking things and, and he's going to just try to, to clean as quickly as humanly possible. Roll act under pressure. Uh, oh fuck one and two. Um, I'm going to use a lucky coin for that. <laughs> oh, oh shit. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So you flick that lucky coin and like literally man, those weed plants fit in places so narrow they shouldn't <laughs> even fit. And they do. <laughs> it's very impressive. It. Oh, Okay, we're good. Uh, he's gonna go back to his uh, his mom and uh, hey, okay, it's all good. We're all good. Um, didn't wanna didn't wanna lose my place in uh, all my studying books that I that I use all the time. <laughs> oh, Zach, I love your room. It's oh so nice, isn't it, Todd? Yeah, it's great. We pay great money for him to sit here like a fucking lazy ass and hide shit on us. Todd, watch your language. Oh my god, oh, Todd, Todd did great. you get my my last um my last uh. uh grade thingy? What do you call it? Report? Report card! That's what they call it. The kids call it that nowadays. Uh, yeah, pretty much straight A's ever since I've been here. Are you, are you impressed? Even a little bit? 
I'm thrilled, Zach. Oh, wow. Thanks. You're like, that That means so much to me. Uh, I'm glad. Oh, well, you know what, Zach? We better get going because Todd is Mr. Grumpy Gills and he's got to get some food in him. Oh, yeah, he's got to get some food in him. I can tell. Wow, look at those grumpy gills right there. Hey, Todd. Hey, listen, I know a couple places. You guys want to meet up at Coffee Josh's? Or, uh, you know what? Um, that's that's more of a, a low-key place. Why don't I take you to Giuseppe's Alfredo house? <laughs> you want to go to dinner with us? Yeah, uh, what? why not? I mean, how, how often is your mother in, in town? And you, Todd, you're here too. <laughs> yeah. Fine, we'll meet you tonight. All right, let's go. And your mom gives you a kiss and leaves. And so, Zach, yeah, you have plans to have dinner with them this evening. Cool. Uh, Zach, you have some time alone with those records. Zach is, uh... He's toying with it. Like, he doesn't want to look too much into it, but um, but something, he's he's just drawn drawn to that. Like, he he just, yeah, something about those records. He's he's just got to gotta sort them. He's he's going to take a look and, and display them. He's going to move, you know, some of his, his other stuff. It's not as important. He just wants a place for those records that are, where they're safe. Zach, as you are categorizing and organizing these records you come across one in particular and the one that you come across on it it doesn't have an artist's name it has your name Hmm. hidden amongst the bunch it says to zach from dad Hmm. (sighs) um He'll play it. Um, just uh, blow dust off the old record player. Um, wait for a second, more than a second, um, and uh, turn turn the old thing on. Zach, it is quiet for a while, actually, and then the record pops on, and you hear your father's voice for the first time in a very long time. And he says, Hey, Zach, if you're hearing this, I'm probably long gone. But I think it's time for you to learn. You need to learn about who you really are and why you can do what you can do. And Zach, as you sit enraptured as this record and your father's voice promises to answer so many questions you've been yearning to learn, our camera fades away. (laughs) 